Thank you for joining us for this episode of Changing Mission, a podcast by the Outreach Foundation. In today's discussion, our friend Tom Widmer sits down with the Reverend Dr. José Carlos Pezzini, who is the Outreach Foundation's Portuguese Language Ministries Coordinator based in the city of Curitiba in Brazil, and the Reverend Wesley Porto, pastor of New Hope Presbyterian Church, which serves the Brazilian community in Orlando, Florida, and who has also served on the board of trustees for the Outreach Foundation. And now, here's Tom. Gentlemen, we're really pleased to have you with us today. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. We'll be glad to be here. We're certainly glad you are. Why don't you both take a couple of minutes, if you would, to just share a little bit about your respective ministries. We'll start with you, Jose. Well, I work for the Outreach Foundation for 18 years now. And so my 12 years of my ministry over here in the United States, uh, helping presbyteries start in the nutrient development and training leaders. And that was here in the United States? Yes, it was here in the United States. So five years ago, it's in 2012, I felt that God is calling me to go back to Brazil. And so it's going to be almost six years in Brazil working with most of the time with pastors. So uh, this is what I saw, the great need among pastors in Brazil. And I start uh, one ministry called SARA, and we are focused in three different areas. Mentoring pastors, give a course in spiritual formation, and church transformation. So this is what we deal but the majority of my ministry is with pastors because the pastor in Brazil is suffering a lot. So uh, one-third of the pastors that we're working with, they are facing burnout. They are in depression. Most of them taking antidepressive medicine. So uh, we work with them, try to help them to overcome this issue. I'd like to come back to that, but let's first have Wesley tell us a little bit about his ministry. Yes, my wife, uh, Anna Claudia, and I, we are in Orlando since July of 1995. And you came from? We came from Sao Paulo State. I was associate pastor in the town of Itapeva, Itapeva Presbyterian Church, working with uh, Pastor Elias Dantas. Very, very mission-focused as well kind of person. But uh, we left Itapeva, and uh, we started a ministry among our Brazilian community, very fast-growing community in South Florida. We have there the largest uh, Brazilian consulate in Miami, which is the same area that we are. And also we have the fastest-growing Brazilian population. Since that time, um, it's believed that we have around 50 or 60,000 Brazilians today living in the greater Orlando area, close to 250,000 in the whole Florida. So we have this call to work with our community, our Brazilians. That's amazing. You would just not think that that would be the case with uh, 60,000 in Orlando and 250. Well, uh, it, it is believed that uh, the Brazilian population in, in the United States is close to 1.2 million people. And we understand that the largest concentration of this population will be the state of Florida. And your primary ministry is through your church? Yes, yes. Uh, New Hope Presbyterian Church was organized exactly to serve this uh, community under the leadership of our Central Florida Presbytery, they had uh, the vision, they have the understanding for the need of developing this ministry. 
they trust us that we would go on with this task. And uh, here we are, 23 years so far. It's always a challenge working with immigrants. It's different when we have to work with people adapting themselves, their families to the new environment. As pastors, local pastors are involved in preaching, in teaching, in visiting, counseling, taking care of our folks there. As immigrant pastors, besides this, we go in jail visiting, get in trouble with people, with immigration courts, immigration jail, helping them to get their driver license, kids in school, and then on and on. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing about your respective ministries. And before we get into some specifics, I wonder, with you two kind of going opposite directions, you, Pizzini, going back to Brazil and uh you, Wesley, coming up from Brazil, how did you two get connected with one another? Well, actually, we came to the United States about the same time. Bezini stayed in the area of Georgia, greater Atlanta area. We stayed in Orlando, but we always stay in touch to each other because uh, for a few years, we stay studying together at the Columbia Seminary. Time to time, he will come to Orlando. I will be there preaching his church, and he will be preaching my church there. So we always kept this relationship while he was still here. But since he went back to Brazil, amazingly, I think we are meeting even more frequently, right? Right. It's true. Fortunately, I think that's because Orlando is in his path for entering and departing the, the country. And uh, this relationship in the Outreach Foundation is uh, granting us the opportunity for being together and uh, growing even more deeper our relationship, our friendship. So uh, here we go. That's great. It, it sounds, Pizzini, like Brazilians stick together. That's right. Well, it's interesting, but uh, let me add one more thing. When I came from Brazil to Georgia and I planted a church there, planting church was in my blood. So since I got out from the seminary, you know, I, I helping redeveloping one church in uh, in my state, in Brazil, and also planting two different churches. When I came here in the United States, I had to plant in a church, and I started a church over there. So Wesley was planting a church in Orlando. So actually, we have the same passion. When we are aware about the Portuguese-speaking immigrant in the United States and see that less than 3% frequent the church or attend the church on Sundays, so we start thinking, how can we uh, do something, you know, and helping these Portuguese-speaking people to know Christ and to worship Him? So we are starting talking and doing something together. My passion for training leaders uh, in Georgia, I established one leadership training center uh, hosted by Columbia Theological Seminary. This is in Atlanta. In Atlanta. And also when I saw the need in Boston area, I went there and established a new uh, leadership training center in Boston. So, and in that time, Wesley uh, invited me to come to his church and to do this kind of ministry over there. And he started doing something there. So, Actually, beside our, our friends, we're Brazilians, and we share the same passion. So this the passion just keep us close. That's correct. Yeah. That's wonderful. We've been uh, friends since 1983 when we came together to the same seminary there in Sao Paulo State. So uh, we've been around together for some uh, decades so far. <laughs> That's great. 
Pizzini, it sounds like you are the pastor's pastor, uh, which is kind of an unusual situation. Why don't you share with us what the biggest problem that is facing Brazilian pastors today that has created what you described as this one-third of the pastoral population facing burnout? Well, I guess uh, we have no exactly one study uh, in order to discover what is happening. I think this, we are living in a, we call burnout syndrome in all over the world, but especially in Brazil, this is what I guess that, you know, Today, Sarah Ministries are reaching about 500 pastors already. So that is a financial problem. The pastor really has a, such a small salary. It's not, it's not really enough for them to live well or with dignity. So second, that is a, a great demand at the church. Most of the pastors work around 60 to 70 hours per week. Third, that is uh, burning in their shoulder, you know, the pressure for them to make the church growth. So this is a uh, combined problems that, you know, leading them are uh, facing burnout in their lives. So in Sarah ministry, the way that we working with the pastors in order to help them to overcome this situation, we have, a, uh, we call three legs. We working as a pastors in their lives with God, the pastors in their physical and emotional lives, and the pastors in academic uh, studies. Why? We believe that you working with the three different areas. We work in the you know the holistic way. Uh, first of all, that we discover that ninety two percent of the pastors that we working with, because of the great demand, the, you know, the business of the church, they really forgot the time with God. So, so that means that they not pray. Yes, they continue to pray. But prayer is a tool of our ministry. They continue to read in the Bible. But of course, the reading the Bible is a tool for ministry. They read the Bible to prepare the sermon, uh, preparing the Bible study. In Brazil, uh, the pastors, they normally preach three, four times per week and give like a three or four Bible studies. So it's a lot of things to do in, in preparing. So what we try to do is helping these pastors to recover it or developing a habit to have their time with God. So we help them to work in their daily schedule to set aside the time to be with God, not to prepare a sermon, not just to pray for the congregation, but to nourishing their souls. You shared with me earlier that you're really trying to move them back to a biblical concept exactly. of prayer. Could you explain that a little bit? Yes, uh, the idea is to help them to go back to the desert fathers and try to let them uh, to discover the spiritual discipline. In our retreats, we have a silence, walk in silence, a solitude. You know, this is our um, lecture divina and a meditation, all this kind of stuff. I try to help them to go through the Bible and they can read the Bible not only to preach or to learn from the Bible, but to nourish in their souls so that they can listen to God and try to be in silence and see what God is really wanting me 
to do and what the purpose of God in my life. This is the first, one of the first lag. The second one, we discovered that most of the pastors under 40 years old, they are overweight, developing, you know, a high cholesterol, high blood pressure, and take a medicines because they have no time to exercise. So we are helping them to create a habit for them to exercise every day, at least one hour. Doesn't matter what kind of exercise they're going to do. The importance is for them to exercise and eat health food. Because we believe if the pastor is health, they can, the congregation can be health. If the pastor is not health, the congregation is not health. Always we say that we needed to working with pastors and helping pastors to be close to God for him to be able to bring the congregation close to God. The third legs is the pastors in their education or academic study, because we believe that in the Bible, when you look at the Bible, the first job for the pastors is prayer. Prayer is not one thing that you do when you have time. For pastor, prayer is a part of the pastor task, is the first thing in the Bible. The second function of the pastors, or the second work, is teaching. So for them to teach, they needed to learn. They needed to develop a habit of how to read every day. So in the Sarah ministry, we have a target or a goal to follow is about 30 pages per day. So it means that if the pastor have a habit to read 30 pages per day, they're going to read one book per week. So this is a good average for Brazilians. So I'm not talking about the United States. So in developing these three areas, we take care of the pastors for health, you know, spirituality, and also and the academic readings for them to be able to teach the congregations. Well, that's a very interesting ministry, the Sarah ministry. You are truly teaching them how to teach their congregants in their churches. Right. Thank you. Wesley, with your connections uh, with Pizzini, have you been down to Brazil to participate with Pizzini in any of the Sarah ministry retreats? Yes, I had the opportunity for coming in 2016. I believe it was October yes. 2016, back there in São José do Rio Preto. Mm-hmm. It was uh, when I had the opportunity for being there and to see uh, the formation of a group, what is being taught over there, how he organized it. So we had a present experience there for being there. I was amazed because of so many young pastors there willing to participate and to be involved and to be helped. I was really surprised and amazed about this ministry there. So how do you see what Pizzini is doing in Brazil impacting the Brazilian church here in the United States or even beyond the Brazilian church? Well, I would say that this pastoring the pastors is something that we always will need. And we are always focused in our seminaries, in our theological schools to prepare people to go to work. But uh, seldom we see people concerned about maintaining those pastors and uh, following up with those pastors, taking care of them. This kind of ministry is very important because this will bring the pastors back to the track, helping them to connect to the basics of the faith, 
We have to understand that as Pezzini was sharing here about the need of the pastors to go back to prayer, to go back to Bible study, not as a tool for our ministry, but before we've been pastors, we are pastors because we are Christians. We are followers of Jesus. And we need to be connected with this idea that I'm doing this because I have this relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want to spread the good news of Jesus all over. And uh, being a pastor is a step of obedience that Jesus is involved in me even more with what he is doing. But when I, I start understanding ministry or the pastor just as a kind of a work or a secular work, I have to preach, I have to give a Bible study, I have to visit, I have to counseling. When I start doing things just because I have to and not because um, I have this call or I have this relationship with Jesus Christ and now I'm going to be blessing someone with this good news that I really love. So when the pastors start thinking like this, so there is something wrong. It is the time when this ministry created and developed by Pizzini is helping our friends there, bring them back to the basics, uh, to the first love. I think we never will forget it. I'm a pastor today. I may not be a pastor tomorrow, but I still am going to be a follower of Jesus Christ. doesn't matter what, and I have to keep this passion even deeper. Well, what I hear you both saying is that it is not something that is unique to Brazil, that all pastors across the world have this situation. We see here in the United States, I've been talking about my, my American colleagues here, that the, so many of them are, are leaving ministry. They will say they are frustrated about, about the institution, the organization, the, the goals. But honestly, I have to see that many of them are leaving just because they lost the passion. They lost this connection with God. Many of our pastors, we are leaving the closed doors of my bedroom that Jesus said, go there and find the Father. The Father secretly will be there with you, and He will compensate you. Our Father is the compensation. He is the goal for our hearts. He is the desired well of our soul. So we need to go back there. And the more we go after God, the more we are deep in this relationship with Him, the more we will listen from him about the business that he has for us. So while we are involved in love with our God, with our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, consequently, we are supposed to be involved with his work. The thing is, we are very concerned in being involved with the work of God and not being involved with the God of the work anymore. I think that's well said. And even for those of us who are not pastors, it's wonderful to hear you say that as a reminder that even we, in our daily walk, need to be purposeful in it. Always we say, God called me to do something. I always say that never God called us to do something. God doesn't need us. God is able to do everything for himself. God called us to be, to be with him. God called us to be with Him in order to give us the pleasure and to feel what He is feeling when He, you know, working in the lives of people. He said, okay, come, be with me and go with me and be my partners. 
This is what we needed to discover. Actually, we needed to change the preposition. So we say, instead of say, I working for God, I had to discover that I work with God. So God is doing the work. I really help him just because he wanted to give me the pleasure, to give me the, the happiness to be with him and to see life transformed. This is make a big difference. This is take all the burden from my shoulder. I am not responsible to make the church grow. I am not responsible to do everything. No, I'm not. I'm just follow Jesus. He is the one that's doing job. He's doing better than me. I love that distinction. I am not working for God. I'm working with God. Exactly. That's a, yeah. a very uh, interesting distinction that we all need to remember when we're trying to put that burden upon our own shoulders. Right. I remember sometime in my ministry that I was really, really concerned about church growth. You know, I would be very concerned in the beginning of this service because in the Brazilian service, like in our church, we start at 1030. We're going to have a 20% of people there at the beginning. And by the end, we're going to have the 100% that's supposed to be there on that Sunday. Brazilians are, we are always late. But this would be a reason of anxiety to me because I will be in the church asking myself, what I did right for bringing people to the church or what I didn't do right for people are not here in the church today. In this relationship with Jesus Christ, understanding that we are working with Jesus, not for Jesus, I start understanding that uh, who makes the church grow is Jesus through the operation of his Holy Spirit in the mind and hearts of the people like us, for example. So I start to understand, okay, yeah, I will be a faithful servant of Jesus and I do whatever Jesus wants me to do. And the first thing I understand that Jesus wants us to do is just to be with God. That's right. And having this time with God right. and having this refreshing and a, a close relationship. He is a person. He's our father. He wants us to be there. And um, many things or many ideas or good ideas, strategic ideas, will come from that moment of being with God. I'm not going to be with God just because I want something from Him. Yes. No. Most of the people that are going to pray, they pray because they want God to do something from Him. No. In this idea, you're going to be with God, not you're going to ask something from God. Not expected to receive something from God, but you're going to be with Him because we want to be close to Him. You want to enjoy His presence. You know, you can just be with Him. That's all. This is what God is using me in my ministry, and I have no burden on my shoulder. You know, because God is in front of me. God is with me, or I am with God, and God is in front of me. So I have my experience. Every third that I pastor the church growth, I had the privilege in Brazil when I was redeveloping that church. And our church was 30 years old and 38 members. And in seven years, I baptized more than 500 adult people. And what I did? Nothing. I just follow God, you know, follow Jesus. It really is a matter of dying to self and handing that control over. And we as human beings try to carry too much of that control. And we do have to hand it over to the Lord. Well, thank you for those reflections. Pizzini, 
Could you just share a story of a healing situation that you have been involved in through the Sarah ministry? Well, I have many, many stories to share over here, but I will attend for the first one because was the time that I was learning how to do it, my ministry, how to help in these pastors to overcome their, you know, depression or not. So it was a, a young pastor, 39 years old in that time. He was a pastor for 10 years in the same church in the city of Santos in Sao Paulo. And he was in bad situation, believe it. And he told me that it was started hearing some voice behind his neck. Every morning he woke up and stood in beside the windows in, in his high-rise building apartment. And the voice behind his neck said, hey, why are you suffering? So it's easy for you to, to solve this problem. Just jump from here. When I look back to see who is talking to him, he saw his daughter, you know, playing. And he said, this is the only way I didn't jump it. What I heard you say is he heard a voice exactly. telling him to commit suicide. Exactly. This is a suicide voice. And he was in bad situation that time that he could not preach. He tried to preach two or three times. When he finished preaching, he has to run to the bathrooms and vomit. So he could not even read in the Bible. Believe it or not, he told me that he drove several times with his family inside the car in over speed in order to get accidented, to kill everyone. So when I heard his story and I, I'm trying to help him, and I, first of all, I try work with him these three steps that I told you, first of all, in that time, I had one conversation per week with him through video conference and tried to help him to go on, on track in their daily life with God. And second, I forced him to exercise because what's happened when you are in depression or in burnout, you lose the money that make you happy, serotonin. And the only way to get back this harmonium is through exercise, eating health food, and rest. So I forced him to make exercise, even though he was not want to do that. And it took two years for him to recover. Wow. Right now, he's back in ministry. He's happy, and he energized again. And he said, now I learned the lessons. I can tell you, brother. I am convinced, I am ordained pastor for 31 years, and up to now, 61 years old, I have the same passion, and I have the same energy that I had 30 years ago. Wow. And I am convinced that every pastor can start their ministry and finish it with the same passion, with the same energy. We need just to pay attention in two or three things. First of all, we needed to obey the Word of God. So when you look at the creation, what God said in the creations, when He creating day by day, what did they start in the creation time? It started the night before. You sleep to work. You're not going to work, you know, in order to rest. You rest before you work. Second, God created night to rest and day to work. And second, what day in the week God created the man and the woman? The sixth day, what's happened in seven days? Rest. Does it make any sense? Well, they just create a man. You're going to rest for what? 
This is the creation. God created us. Everything, if we work six days a week and we have one day with 24 hours, really rest, we get an energy that we need to continue to do it. Second, we need to sleep enough hour to get rest. So this is something that we need to pay attention. The third one is we need to be with God all the time, day and night. So uh, when you read the Bible, it says meditate in the word day and night. So I know that probably you're going to ask me, how can we do this in this crazy world? In among so many things to do is uh, we try to developing this habit with the pastor in Brazil. So the same Bible text, he meditate in the morning is a short, it's not long. And he repeated five or six times a day. It's just five minutes. Just go back to the Bible test, reflecting again, you know, asking some questions and be with God so we can create a habit to, to work and walk in the presence of God all day long. And this guy now is completely recovering. Thanks for sharing that. Wesley, you've been in ministry for how many years now? 30, 31 years, yeah. <laughs> they know each other so well, they answer each other's well, questions. Well, we graduate together for the same school. That's why he knows the answer to that question. Wonderful. Yeah. And I look forward that uh, we can help bring the SARA project to the United States. We are going to be starting this in Orlando. We are organizing a group of local pastors. Try to convince them this is the first challenge that we have ahead of us because convincing pastors that they need some rest and they need to come back to the basics is the biggest challenge for us. But we hope that we're going to be bringing this and this will be a blessing to our colleagues around. Well, I look forward to having you back and maybe sharing at some point in the future about how the Sarah Project has emigrated from Brazil to the United States. Right. <laughs> well, I thank you both so much for your ministries that you've described and shared with us today. It's amazing to see how God is working in such unique ways. And I greatly appreciate what you are doing, Bazzini, to pastor to the pastors, and what you are doing, Wesley, in trying to bring that back to the States and the continued ministry that you have with immigrants in the Orlando area. And thank you for having thank us for here, Tom. Oh, it's our privilege to be here. Blessings to you both. Thank you.